Hello and welcome to the podcast. Support us by subscribing and sharing. You can support us on Patreon and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Joining me as always is my co-host, Craig. And I'm your host, Adam. You're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. That was a, a lot smoother, the second take. That was take, take two was take real two. smooth. Yeah, uh, I'm a take two kind of guy. Yeah. Take two was real smooth. Take 96, I wasn't <laughs> pleased with, but take two, man. Real smooth. So, Jeremy Maguire, 1996, the R-rated movie, which is two hours, 20 minutes. Fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, so, uh, you've seen this movie before? I have seen this movie before. I think the reason we're doing the uh, cruise... And, cr- cruise Nation? No. The Take Cruise two. Missile. The Cruise-a-thon. <laughs> uh, is because I was disparaging about Jerry Maguire a few weeks ago. You were, because uh, it is, uh, we, we dedicated an episode to uh, Mr. Big Booty Daddy, uh, obviously he's uh, been a bit of an invalid, uh, laid up in hospital, so... Still uh, this is... coming out with the PC terms, I love it. <laughs> and this is like his favourite movie of all time. It is, out and out, the favouritest of all of his movies. Um, yeah, there you go on that one. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Uh, so if you've not seen this movie before, uh, it's when a sports agent has a moral epiphany and is fired for expressing said epiphany. Uh, he decides to put his new philosophy to the test as an independent agent with the only athlete who stays with him and his former colleague. And we can roll trailer. I want everybody to see you for what you are. The best kept secret in the NFL. You are the man. You ready? Yep, let's go. My name is Jerry Maguire. I'm a sports agent. You could say I'm at the top of my game, but something just isn't right. Jerry Maguire! What can I do for you, Rod? Show me the money. Show me the money! Money! Can you sign my card? Sorry, little fella. I can't sign this brand of card. Only Pro Jam Blue Dot cards. And lately, it's getting worse. Came here to let you go. Pardon me? I came here to fire you, Jerry. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do what you all think I'm gonna do, which is just flip out! Who's coming with me? Who is coming with me? I will go with you. Dorothy Boyd, thank you. We're gonna be okay, because I am gonna take my one client, and we are gonna go all the way. Help me, Rod. Help me help you. Help me me help you you are hanging on by a very thin thread <laughs> and i dig that about you you want to go out to dinner some dudes might have the coin but they'll never have the quan quan it means love wish me luck ah! whoa break that is the first time i have ever seen him kiss a man just like a dad don't was... cry at the beginning of a date yeah just cry okay. at the end like i do she'll let you in her house. You come back and late at night. She'll let you in her mouth. If the words you say are right, if you pay the price, she'll let you deep inside. There's a sea. Green garden she had 
life. I've been trying to talk. I mean, really talk. But no one wants to listen to me. You know that feeling? You know that feeling? So, director Cameron Crowe. Where do we yeah. know that name? Uh, from doing Almost Famous. Almost Famous. It's like one of your favourite movies movie. of all time, isn't it? I love Almost Famous. And uh, Elizabeth Town. Mm-hmm. Which is not a phenomenal movie. He did Vanilla Sky, which is not a phenomenal movie. <laughs> I don't think that's as bad as people say it is. It's 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 obviously got some mad plot twist towards the end of it, but he was just like, yes. Yeah, I'm gonna level with you. I haven't seen it since it came out in 2002. Oh yeah. I'd like to think that I've grown up a bit since then, possibly by 20 years. Maybe I'll give it another go, but to be honest, I watched Copland the other day, and that's yes. more where my heart is right now. Yes, good old Copland, great ending as well. I, I ah. sympathise with him because obviously, uh, you know, being a very hard appearing man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do like to go on a rampage with a shotgun at points in my life. This is also <laughs> true. Um, now, speaking of you being hard appearing, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that every so often you mispronounce a word on the show, right? Oh yeah, no, that's not because of my hearing. That's just because I'm an idiot. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I got a message today from uh, Paul Howie Roberts. If oh you can yeah, believe it. Uh, how, Howie if, Paul Roberts, Roberts Paul Howie. Yes. Not help that misspeaking is not helping what I'm about to say next. He said, <laughs> "If you can go ten minutes without mispronouncing a word, he'll be our second Patreon backer." Oh shit! All yeah. right, okay, right. Uh, this is why I have to write all this stuff down. But obviously, writing this stuff down, I don't write it phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> No, you write it in Sanskrit, and that's where we really fuck up. That's true. Um, So, yes, no, Big Booty Daddy, Jerry Maguire, show me the money. That's what this movie is. It is. Uh, So, uh, Cameron Crowe directed, he wrote the movie, he produced the movie. Uh, He spent uh, three and a half years writing it. Yeah, I mean, that's about standard. Yeah, uh, and because of uh, Cameron Crowe took so long with writing the screenplay, he felt the original choice to play uh, Jerry Maguire, which was uh, Tom Hanks, was yeah. uh, by that point too old to play the part. And uh, but with that, Hanks was you know sort of winning back to back Oscars. Oh, fuck! There you go. Right, reset back, the clock. Back to back Oscars. <laughs> That was a bit of a mouthful, that. Right. And, back to back Oscars. Uh, yeah. It was also in the midst of directing that thing you do. Oh, uh, which it's like that's a low key great movie. It is, yeah. I it's think that's a an real underrated. like Sunday afternoon movie, mm. but it's good. I, I think it's one of those things. That if you say, "Oh, what's a good Tom Hanks movie?" and you're like, "Well, Green Mile, uh, Big," but if uh, you want a good funny one, yeah, that thing you do. Yeah, because Big is not funny. Big is no. problematic. Big is very problematic. Uh, Tom Cruise. Speaking of problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Cuba Gooding yeah. Jr.'s in this film Oh uh, yeah I, I was wondering if you wanted to go there actually uh, So he plays Rod Tidwell um, Probably I think best known Cuba Gooding Jr. as Men of Honour Men of Honour yeah that's the yeah, big one Robert he's, De Niro He's also uh, the best thing in Pearl Harbour Yeah he's pretty good in that uh, Yeah you're right he's jumped off the deep end a little bit recently uh, <sighs> In his personal life I mean, but... We don't yeah, Wikipedia will tell you what is uh, What his crimes are and like, oh, apparently his convicted. biggest crime was dividing by zero or something like that or uh, it, it, it's, a, it's some weird like mass philosophy which is sort of spiralled him into becoming some sort of like you know conspiracy theorist you know 
I think. Oh, so all... sorry, we're not talking about the inappropriate sexual misconduct charges. Oh, I was, I was going to get there. Oh, but, okay. Uh, as, get as, there. As, yeah, as long as we were going to get there. But who in Hollywood hasn't? I mean, that's, that's a real Tom <laughs> Hanks. Yeah, that that would be the day, wouldn't it? Oh I mean, God, you... the day they go after Hanks. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, went where uh, Jamie Fox auditioned for the role of of Rod in yeah, Rod, we okay. Trust. So when did this fit in the chronology between this and Any Given Sunday? Because it's basically oh, the same character. Yeah, it's a great shout. Um, I don't know because you kind of think of like. American football movies. There was that sort of point where you had any given Sunday. Mm. Remember the Titans. Mm. Jeremy Maguire doesn't. I never really feel fits into that, even though it's got like NFL in it. Uh, yeah, but so does the Last Boy Scout. I, I was literally just thinking Last Boy Scout as well. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> so does the Room. Oh yeah. Ah oh, yeah. We need to do non-sport sports movies, starting with the Room. Yeah, great shout. Uh, Renee Zellweger. Uh, Managed to say that first time. Uh, she plays Dorothy Boyd. Uh, she is an actress that I always get confused with Joey Lauren Adams. Who is Joey Lauren Adams? Uh, Chasing Amy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're very, um, very easy to confuse. They're real Matt Damon, Leo DiCaprio, The Departed confusion. Yeah, it's one of those things. Until one of them opens up their mouth, uh, <laughs> to speak um, that's where I kind of get a little bit oh right that's uh, Renee especially when they're younger you know this mm. mix in the 90s you know, I feel that you know this is Renee Zellweger's big movie this is her breakout star um, mm. I think at the time she was like flat broke you know sort of like uh, paycheck to paycheck actor oh, so this is her Rocky movie is it uh, probably uh, nice. I think it's best known as uh, Bridget Jones, or she was pretty good in Cold Mountain. I was going to say Cold Mountain's the one. She's great in Cold Mountain. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Preston. Uh, also really... Chicago. Sorry, nothing to do with Oh, yeah, she was She's very good in Chicago. Chicago. Uh, Kelly Preston. She plays Avery Bishop, so that's uh, Tom Cruise's fiance, And mm. she's not really done much. Uh, her most notable role, apart from this, was Battlefield F. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh dear! Yeah, you can see where this is going. As a, there's a few other problematic people in this. Uh, Jerry O'Connell. Uh, he, you know, Stand by Me. Uh, the fat kid Mission from Stand Smart. by Me. Yeah. And probably uh, I say door. we we both personally know him uh, from Sliders. Yeah, Mister Squeaky Door. Mister Squeaky Gate. Squeaky Gate. Um, yeah, I think he went off a bit of a deep end, or was he just became like a fundamental Christian or some weird stuff like that? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. I don't know. Yeah, I just know it's the fact that from Stanley. probably done our research. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Jay Moore. Uh, he plays Bob Sugar. I feel like I see Jay Moore in loads of things, but I can never remember where I know him from. Yeah, he he also looks like seven other people as well. I feel that's the case because he he kind of looks like an older. Um, who's the, who's the kid that plays uh, in Harry Potter, the blonde-haired one? Uh, oh, Draco Ma- Malfoy. Draco um, Malfoy. Tom he Felton. Look, that's it, Tom Felton. He looks like an older Tom Felton. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's a good shout. Uh, <laughs> uh, by me. Uh, <laughs> Bonnie Hunt, uh, probably I would say the at the time, Bonnie Hunt was probably the biggest actress or actor in this part from Tom Cruise. Um, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, because uh, yeah, she's... Uh, well. If she's you, if, Renee's sister, right? Yeah, so she plays uh, Laurel Boyd, and mm. we probably would best know her from Jumanji. Yes. Yes. She is uh, the. No, she's not the mum. She's the kid that grows up to be Robin Williams' love interest. That's the one. Uh, she, she was also the love in. Adult. 
that's the one, uh, Green Mile and Rain Man. So uh, she's worked with Tom Cruise before, but apparently Tom Cruise didn't recognise or remember that she was in <laughs> Rain Man. Ah. Yeah, it's a bit like, ugh. That's a uh, shame. Did yeah. Tom Hanks rem- remember her from the Green Mile? Mm, I don't know. Let's call him up. <laughs> uh, Bonnie Hunt says that the toughest part of this movie was playing a character that doesn't like Tom Cruise. And I was like, yeah, I'm right with you, Miss Hunt. Yeah, I mean, he's a very likeable man. Plays Uh, a bit of a schmuck in this, but he's still a likeable schmuck. A likeable asshole. Yeah. Um, Probably the most uh, notable other person that's in this movie is Regina King. Uh, She plays Marcy Tidwell, Rod's wife. Mm. Uh, I would say you probably best know her as the other FBI agent in Miss Congeniality 2. Absolutely, of course. There we go. I... May have rewatched Miss Congeniality last night with Taryn. Ah, oh, nice. Has she seen it before? Oh, yeah, several times. Okay. Um, and we had a great time just pausing and be like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Wait a second, the woman who played Miss Montana in this scene is not the woman who plays Miss Montana in that scene. Mm. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. We, we'd, uh, we'd had a few Did you refer her to our episodes? If you'd like to learn more, I literally said podcast. you should listen to the episode because she has yet to listen to any. Unbelievable. I know. Um, and we also... Do you know who Radio Man is? Radio Man? Yeah. Not Radioactive Man. <laughs> the goggles, they do nothing. Um, <laughs> Up and no, who is Radio Man? So Radio Man is like a staple of New York filming. And he is... There's a documentary about him. He's literally a homeless dude who just keeps cropping up in over a hundred movies in the background somewhere. And he's got this big radio around his neck, almost like the MC Hammer clock, but it's a radio. Right. And in this documentary, he tries to go to the Academy Awards and they don't let him in. And then kind of Cher pulls up and is like, oh, Radio Man, how you doing? Uh, Shia LaBeouf gets interviewed and is like, yeah, for some reason, Radio Man is always there on set. Like he gets cool sheets before I do sort of thing. Um it's a really interesting documentary about this yeah homeless dude who's be- appeared in a hundred plus movies. But I was watching Miss Congeniality and he's there in the background. Oh, nice. Yep, I lost my mind. It's now just like a j- little drinking game of just like, ooh, is he there? Is he there? It's in New York. Yeah, is he if there? If you see Radio Man, have a shot. Yeah, two fingers. Absolutely. And yes, yeah, so Roger Ebert, uh, welcome back uh, from the Chicago Sun Times. I feel we've done the joke enough. And oh, we haven't done that day. joke for a while. If if you would like to ad lib a uh, a pejorative, yeah, is that is that the right term? I don't know, but we're over ten minutes, so that's another Patreon (laughs) subscriber. Yeah, uh, I've I've does it count if I've used a word wrong? (laughs) It does. Whatever. Uh, he gave the film three out of four stars, uh, writing that there are many subplots that Jerry Maguire seems too full, which I could probably agree with. Uh, but he did also comment that it starts out as a looking cynical and quirky, but becomes a heartwarmer. Now, that's just the way it's written. I've not messed that up. That the film starts out looking cynical and quickly becomes a heartwarmer. There so even though it's an overstuffed plot... Yeah, it still gets three out of four thumbs. Yeah, that's what I was a bit like. I was like, Rod, you're right, mate. Like, uh, well, it starts out with the worst thing. I I don't know what you're going to give out about straight away. Uh, (laughs) um, Uh, But you know, if you're going to do voiceover, do it to some jazzy ass music. Not to say that this music is jazzy. It's just I couldn't think of a different synonym. Budget of fifty mil, and how much do you think it made at the box office? Hundred and fifty. Uh, add on an extra 100 mil. Uh, it's $273.6 million. Jeez. It makes, which you kind of think at the time, like, 
I I'm trying to think back to something like you know the sort of like the late '90s or mid '90s, and just trying to think about how movies were sort of like advertised and mm. how they were spoken about because you didn't really have the internet. You didn't really have when well, even though it was about you didn't have that sort of form of communication that no. would sort of get to the mass populace if you wanted to sort of spread some sort of uh, you know some sort of advertisement. It's not like you just get like pop ups on YouTube or you know, you're not reading about this on Twitter or anything like that. So I, I just always like to think back to, you know, sort of cinema. And, you know, the only time I'd ever really know that a movie's coming out is maybe there's an advert on TV, but it was because you'd see the poster yeah. in the cinema as you're going to go see yeah. another movie. Or you might see it in the trailer. Yeah, as going... I say, trailers before the movie were pretty much how you found out about movies coming up. That's it. And I was just trying to think that really, like, the movie poster for Jerry Maguire is quite boring. It's just a yeah. white, it's, it's, it's a white sort of, like, faded background with Jerry Maguire scribbled in red and just a picture of Tom Cruise. Now, I don't think that Tom Cruise in 1996 was the vehicle that he is now. Even I, though he's... I mean, I, I wholly disagree on that. Like, he mm, done okay. Top Gun... Yeah. yeah, he'd done Risky Business, as yes. we know, which is just his face. The poster is just his face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had he done Interview with a Vampire at this point? But this is what I mean. I feel like there's this, like, there's, uh, there's not much of a slump in Tom Cruise's career, but I feel like he's not exactly... When's uh, Eyes Wide Shut? 2001, I want to say, maybe 99. I think it's either side of the millennium. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking that, you know, that sort of like minority report, eyes wide shut, that's where the kind of a slight more resurgence in his. No, I see. Again, I'm going to have to disagree with you because, uh, as well as the ones already mentioned, Top Gun, um, Mm -hmm. Cocktail. Yeah, which is but, everyone's but that's what I'm saying. He he, 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 he comes out, he explodes in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, and I just feel that there's, you know, not the uh, sort of the the young young star. It's not action packed anymore. It's just like it's doing these kind of more. I'd say this is like this. This is not a typical Tom Cruise character, is it? Again, again, this I is, just so this... it goes from Cocktail to Rain Man to Born on the Fourth of July, Days of Thunder. Okay, mm. far and away? Question mark. A few good men. The firm. Interview the vampire. Mission Impossible. Then Jerry Maguire. That mm. is the most bankable man in Hollywood. Fair enough, fair enough. I, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you of any of those movies. I, I love some of those movies. And even though I was giving out about A Few Good Men uh, to you a few, uh, a few weeks yeah, ago. Why don't you just... <laughs> All right, let's sit down on Chair Force One. All right, three, two... <laughs> First thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Like, the last time I watched this film was a year and a half or so ago. Mm-hmm. And it was... I was bored. It was long. It was drawn out. The little kid, um, Jonathan Lipnicki. Yeah. What else has he been in? I don't know. Court. 
Um, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, he was the best thing in it a couple of years ago when I watched it. And just so many things were happening. I was like, can we hurry this up? Can we hurry this up? There's a lot of stuff mm. going on, which we could just hurry up. Yeah. And I watched it this time and it was still bloaty. It was still like, oh God, can we just get to it? And mm. when Bruce Springsteen starts playing Secret Garden and this, as they go out on their date after the guy's like, I'm going to introduce your kid to jazz. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's me. Uh, 275 million, I understand it, but... Uh... Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's like, hey, uh, hey kids, have you ever listened to Joe Pass or Wes Montgomery? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. They're like, can you please leave the school ground, sir? Yeah, that guy. We'll get to him. <laughs> he's in stuff. He's in stuff. Like, he, he's like a budget David Cross, but he's in High Fidelity. Yeah, he's the... Uh, not so... Am I, are we, uh, am I thinking of David Cross? Who, who's the guy in um, Sidewine? Oh, I don't know. Sidewine? Am I thinking of Sidewine? No, what am I thinking of? Mm. Oh, fuck's sake. Progressive Development. That's David Cross. That's not Dave Cross. I'm thinking of what was the fucking uh, movie about where they go to a, a, a vinery? Oh, Sideways. Sideways. There we go. Not Sidewine. Sideways. <laughs> yeah, Sideways. That's Paul Giamatti. There we go. Um, but anyway, yeah, this guy's a Dave, buddy, David Cross, who is the guy that creates the Small Soldiers in Small Soldiers. Ah. Yes. Oh wait, actually, that might be the guy that plays Bob Sugar. Anyway, I'm doing a whole thing. I'll edit around it. So yeah, this film starts with voiceover. It does start with a voiceover. It talks about young athletes uh, getting ground up into the system. <laughs> so you know, you, you hear that from all sorts of people, you know, who've played for sort of, you know, budget academies like Worcestershire Academy. Uh, Worcestershire. Yeah. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Oh, he plays for Worcestershire. Yeah, I I can't pronounce Worcestershire Worcester. without sounding like Sean Connery. Same as really? I can't pronounce Sigourney Weaver without. Without a Scottish accent, um, but yeah, uh, it's uh, it, it's. I think it's such a weird concept uh, when you think about it. As people that have played sports, that uh, you can get to a point where you need representation. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I need somebody else to go and deal with all the contract and all the legal shit, which is kind of you get fair enough. You know, you do that with other things and uh, like you know, getting a mortgage. You need to get a fucking lawyer and surveyor and. Or as a writer, I'd love to have an agent. All that. I mean, when you're really good, then then you get an agent. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's it's kind of one of those things where they it it's in a, a weird sense that he's kind of delivering this like upbeat kind of like hey this is uh, this person that uh, is going to head to the Olympics and you know uh, it's all about talent and then that it switches to that kid playing golf and he's about yeah. to like beat the shit out of his coach. He's like you don't know shit about golf. Yeah, that kid was, was real pleasure. Real <laughs> pleasure. Um, yeah, and we got the girl who's the gymnastic Olympics, and she comes back into it. So he's setting up all these characters that kind of come back. Oh, and and out. was it is it Kush? Kush, yeah, Kush, Kush. Kush. Uh, whose dad is Bo Bridges? Oh yeah, he's Bo Bridges. I didn't yeah, mention him. Yeah, Jeff Bridges's brother. Yeah, it's uh, because it, it's always one of those things when you ever you see him, you're like, he looks really familiar. Oh yeah, it's Jeff Bridges' brother. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, like that's his deal. He's the agent. He's the guy on the sidelines that's negotiating more money for better mm. players and this and that and the other. And uh, then one night, after having rampant sex with his partner, overly rampant sex, cra- like comically rampant. 
Yeah. Um, or it's like you can, uh, I can get with a girl if you want me to, and I, I feel like that. Nothing oh, like writing female characters through the male gaze, huh? <laughs> yeah, that kind of that like massively put me off because it's just like it's like oh, if you want it, then I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then they're eating strawberries. Anyway, he has this epiphany moment because of his uh, old mentor. Well, you know, the it comes from the fact that he's visiting one of his clients who's in the hospital with uh, his what fourth concussion or something. Oh like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll and get he's the trying, funny, yeah. And he's trying to remember who everybody is, and he's like, oh, "That's my wife," and you know, "That's uh, that's Bob." And what you got my money doing in your house, Bob? And <laughs> You know, it's it's just like oh yeah, it's my agent, and he's and then the kid comes out and he's just like hey, uh, no one's gonna stop my dad's and Jerry Maguire's like look, shut the fuck up, kid. He's making me a lot of money. Yeah, and don't then, worry, your dad's a superstar. And kid gives yeah. him the finger and says fuck you, and it's like yeah, because yeah. he's like hey, look, you fucking Power Rangers or whatever fuck you kids are into, like can take your dad's and the kid, yeah, kid like turns around, and gives him, flips him off. Yeah, like, hey, eight year old boy, don't worry about your dad's brain injuries because <laughs> uh, you're an eight year old boy and I'm a piece of shit. Which is, you kind of think now, looking back at something like that, when they're talking, like, we know so much more about concussions in sports. Oh, I've got a lot to say about concussions in sport coming up. Like, to yeah. what, the climax of the movie, um, yeah, there's a lot to be said. Oh, save that venom. Um, <sighs> but Jerry has a change of conscience. Yes, and he writes the Maguire Manifesto that's got a name, and I can't remember it, but it basically says, we need fewer clients less money and we need to care about who it is we're looking after now how dare you <laughs> my takeaway is you don't need to have fewer clients to not put someone back on the field if they've had a concussion yeah like, i get what you're saying i think it was more the idea that it's not having your people on the books as numbers and yeah. then treating them like people so you need to have a slightly more interpersonal relationship with them so you can't just like you know uh you know treat them as uh as a ticket yeah which is kind of what i was getting you know what i mean it's true it, and that is i guess something that in a perfect world would happen yeah i i i, I kind of get the the idea behind this and the fact that he's he's up at like fucking three in the morning rambling on his laptop and then goes to a coffee shop uh, a copy shop mm. which seems to be absolutely buzzing <laughs> at three in the fucking morning i was like where are these fucking printer shops that you're going to where it's like open at god like a 24-hour printer shop hipsters adam hipsters. yeah fucking ruining everything but here's my takeaway yeah with the exception of oh i'm only gonna have one client mm. i don't think he follows his manifesto throughout the whole film he doesn't he doesn't because you know, how many clients does he start off with and then how many does he lose? But, I mean, he but the way he acts with Rod Tidwell is not different. Like, yeah, he goes to the hospital at the end when Tidwell's in the hospital, as he did mm -hmm. with this other guy with the, you know, smart mouth kid. Mm -hmm. But he makes him nearly try and ride a camel even when he doesn't want to. He tells him to, you know, dance as we've kind of, we'll get to, uh, even though he doesn't want to. Mm. And then when he's concussed, he lets him, and, and here it is, he lets him do a victory dance and climb up on the rafters and talk. And he, at no point is he like, hey man, um, you just got concussed, take a break. <laughs> he doesn't do anything that he proposes to do other than 
oh, I'm going to give you a hug and have one, few, just one. Client. Well, I, I think there's something even more that we can give out about, but we'll we'll get there. But I get what you're saying. It, it's like Tom Cruise is not following his own advice, but no. that's but that's his character. He's he's it's like an it's like idealism isn't it it's just like hey look i i've been uh there's some sort of internal conflict that i'm dealing with because one of my clients got really injured and i'm kind of you know aware enough to know that i actually had not given enough of a shit yeah. about this so let me just pour my heart out of fucking my space or whatever the fucking you know like you're you're giving out but you're it's it's like it's almost like you're saying what people want to hear. It's almost like virtue signaling. That's how I've kind of read it. But you know also, what I mean? he doesn't. One of the other reasons he doesn't follow through is because he tries to stop the message getting out because he watches some old countdown clock on TV. Boom, and it's like, oh crap! I've just made a huge mistake. And <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too hot today. Um, but he. Yeah, he tries to stop that message getting out before I don't think late. he does. I think he calls up and he's just like, hey, did you actually put it out? And they're like, yeah, we did. We did it like this morning. He's like, oh, but, okay. No, but that reaction of his is like, oh, shit. But uh, then he walks into adulation and applause, which I found very weird because it's, what, like 25 pages or something like that? If someone stuffs something into my letterbox and it's the ramblings of some fucking, you know, 3 a.m., <laughs> kind of like oh, I've I've just been up because I've you know I, I'm having my fucking midlife crisis or whatever I'm having a crisis of conscience I'm probably going to read that first page and be like this is not for me uh, yeah you'd have an assistant read it wouldn't you well I'd have an assistant but it's the fact that when he walks into the office and I'm mm. assuming that this is obviously um, you know standard American in the office at 8am because everyone's a fucking go-getter and a winner and everyone's already read it you know yeah, I mean? he's actually late to work that day. Oh, maybe he is actually. Yeah, maybe it's like that's fucking one o'clock. Maybe that's he got fired. Yeah, maybe. Um, but everyone's like, "Whoa, yeah, you said you said what didn't want to be said." Yeah. And I was just, uh, and it just made me think of like, <laughs> so he's written like some massive like racist manifesto. <laughs> he's like, "Yes, someone was brave enough to finally say what people were afraid to say." <laughs> yeah, everyone's applauding, like, and I think the guy from Blade is like, oh, "He's gone in a week." <laughs> um, and then yeah look, a load of stuff happens that's pretty inconsequential so he has his bachelor party and Eric Stoltz is there um, yeah. which and I thought gone... was real weird yeah it's it's the because the video they play for him and it's just like all you know it's it's a videotape of all like a splice of all of his ex-girlfriends and a little black book and he's like obviously comes across as a bit of a player but apparently he is uh, not he can never commit. He can never properly say "I love you," and uh, but he can never be alone. So he's mm. always just this person that's always on the sides, you know. Just can't fully step in. Can never fully commit to any kind of meaningful relationship. And you're like, well, this is his bachelor party. He's getting married. I'm pretty yeah. sure <laughs> that's 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 enough of, uh, of a commitment already. Also, Adam, Craig, what are the odds of you? Ever, if you organise my bachelor party, meeting, mm. knowing, talking to any of my exes, I don't even know if you've ever Ex dated. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so it, it's one of these things. I just, yeah, I this would be, I would think that a lot of these people are industry people. 
so it would be a case of oh yeah like you know that's tiffany from work that's uh, that's michelle tiffany that from... gymnast that nearly made it yeah that's sarah from espn that's and, an assistant you know. that's an assistant that's an assistant yeah so these are the, the real reasons jerry got fired because of that assistant <laughs> yeah time's up and you kind of because isn't his missus she works for like espn or she's another agent or she works for the nfl she does something she does something within it within that sphere so I couldn't then think not think that same with these other women. Yeah. But at the same time, he's flying first class and chatting up some other lady about his, um, or telling her about his engagement. Yeah, which thing. is interesting because, it, you know, we've just said, oh, hey, like, you know, well, at least he's getting married. He didn't propose to her no. and it was only because he got pressured in because there was like some sort of fucking band that were playing Here Comes the because Bride because she, she sussed that he was going to propose but didn't and just calls him like klutz or something mm. and all the while Renee Zellweger is flying coach with Jonathan Lipnicki with some fucking oh I'm going to get with my hands and knees and crawl towards first class moment <laughs> yeah it's such a weird thing because it's like She's proper like eavesdropping on Tom Cruise, which, but she's like about. Oh, she's like, a good say, like twenty five, feet away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a few rows deep, and mm. says so like so. Even Tom Cruise is like had a few drinks and been quite obnoxiously loud, mm. which is you know not, not my Tom Cruise. Not my Tom Cruise. Uh, it's obviously been a not very good uh, plane etiquette sort of shutting the fuck up. But also, it's a plane. It's like the loudest vehicle. That's it. That's what I was saying. It's just like so. How she's eavesdropping, and but what is she eavesdropping? And why? What's her reaction about? It's like, oh, it sounds so like, you know, is she having a kind of like, oh, I could fix him, I can save him, kind of moment, or is she know. just a bit I like? I think she's just wanting to be able to like drink champagne. I I thought it was more like, oh, I wish I could have a man because I'm a single mum or something. Yeah, like so that. she's got that line, which is off oh, first class. It used to be a better seat, now it's a better life, and, ooh, yeah. But But she's not great exactly a great mum anyway. uh, because they get into the fucking airport and you're just like, How do you lose your one kid? I mean, and it's on the fucking baggage claim. (laughs) Now this is where I will step in. Oh, is it? And say, look, as a as a as a current co parent of three children, Mm -hmm. one of them happens to be what we refer to as a flight risk. Okay, but and if you just had that one flight risk, you'd probably put them on, like, you know, on the leash, wouldn't you? One of those little fucking kid leashes. And as an eight-year-old, it's very much a case of everywhere we go, saying to him, okay, now, you're not going to run off this time, are you? You're not just going to run off. No, you're not. Cool. And then we go to the zoo, and wouldn't you know it, the words are, where's Connor? And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. And yeah. you're it... just, like, scrambling your brain and go, oh, no, it's going to be another harambe. <laughs> And, you know, it happens. It happens that you can just lose a tiny human. Okay, all right. So for someone that's never lost a tiny human, uh, I appreciate that you've owned up to being a horrible parent. So this is this, this <laughs> not what I said, but thank you. Um, but he's being all cute and riding the, um, the kind of... Well, it's like high-fiving strangers and stuff like that. So I'm like, fucking, this kid's got confidence. Yeah. Um, and then... Ah, uh, yeah. They meet. They meet Maguire, and that's kind of the meet cute between them. Anyway, yes. she, he doesn't recognise her, and then he gets fired. And we're going to have to rattle along because we've been talking for thirty-five minutes, and it's two hour tw- twenty, <laughs> and we're in the first act still. He, well, yeah, but I feel like it does kind of 
it kind of ramps from here because you you've done this kind of like establishment of Jerry's kind of like character and he, as I say he's like he's idealistic but maybe not exactly following through with you know it's it's easier to say than to do yeah and yeah he gets uh, he gets let go in a very public space you know how dare you mm. it's a you know that sort of like I like that sort of allegory of like that kind of like breakup. Because I can imagine Jerry's been on the other side of that beforehand. Yeah, no doubt. So it kind of feels like a nice little flip or reversal. And, you know, so he legs it back to the office. This is a bit I don't get. It's like, you've been sacked. How are you still, like, doing a full day's work? Because (laughs) as we've figured out from Minority Report, Mm -hmm. when Tom Cruise loses a job, he's still allowed on the premises to complete parts of his job that will push the plot along. See, this used to get me every time, because whenever I walk into uh, the gym um, where where I worked and I would swipe in, sometimes the machine doesn't register it properly and it flashes red. I'm like, every every time that would happen, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm fired. That would be my <laughs> this is this is that was always my first thought because that's how they get you to stop to stop your access. They you know you stop your emails and all your passwords and stuff like that so you yeah, can't access it, the system it should have been a oh this guy's trying to sabotage the company by stealing our clients do not but let that's him the in the building it's just like oh right shit I'm going to take my clients they're not they're not your clients you yeah. know what I mean they are the they're property the of yeah. S- whatever it's called IMF I was about to say SDI <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so then we but then we get the quite funny like oh the girl who cries at his loss and then actually oh yeah that's quite tears. funny I enjoyed that and um, we get show me the money. Yeah. So this is the you know this is I would say like the trailer moment. This is the the scene that everybody probably knows this movie for. Mm. And it's interesting because we've had Regina King's character in his office, kind of being like, "Hey, look, you're not paying enough attention to my husband." Yeah. Uh, you know, and then bringing a little brat kid along uh, who smashes up the office. Yeah. Which now, is let's kept, let's just talk for a second about bad parenting. Because, yeah, I might lose a kid, but Jesus, yeah, this woman, like, yeah, like, have some control. Yeah, there, there is a little bit there's, of that. There, you know, there's many techniques. There's the countdown from three, there's the corner, there's the wait till your father get, uh, hears about this. There's lots of, <laughs> you know, but as it stands, just, you know, fuck it, he's now just destroying the office and scree- the scream was what get, got me. I was like, if he's just destroying the office, that's fine. But I would screen... feel the back of my hand starting to warm up. Oh that's goodness it. me! It was <laughs> it was traumatic. That little this... like blow on the knuckles. Oh, right. the <laughs> um, and but that kid later on gets, shouts at the TV screen. That's my mofo, and I was like, eh, all right, kid, that was funny. Anyway, so he gets fired, anyway. and he's talking to Rod, and yes, show me the Cause... money. Because Rod's like a lingerer, you know, someone that just can't fucking like say what he needs to say and hang up the phone. Mm. And if, I don't know if you ever have those kind of people where you just like, like my mum, uh, she'll, she'll call up and be like, you're right, mum, what do you want? And then she'll be like, well, you know, and then she'll just start talking about fucking random shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I was also oh, about fuck. to give the example of your mum, so. <laughs> Whereas I, like, I feel like when I call my dad, he's like, He's like, what do you want? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, anything else? And it's like, nope. And it's like, great. Oh, <laughs> you're still alive, eh? Yeah. 
And it's like, ah, good convo, Dad. And, yeah, so he holds up Jerry Maguire on the phone while all his clients are trying to call him back or, you know, got Bob Sugar on the other line, Mm. uh, sort of getting in beforehand. But I would kind of think, if I was an athlete and, you know, my agent who works for, like, we assume this is, like, the biggest sports agency in the fucking world. Yeah. And it's like, he's leaving. I, you know, I'm probably going to stay with the big sports agency because they'll probably have a little bit more backing behind them. I'm, I'm, again... I have no idea how any of this shit works, but yeah, we never made it that far. We never made it that far. Didn't um, even yeah. come close. We never went to Worcestershire Academy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, but he says, "Oh, I'm going to stay with you, Jerry. I need all this money. I need financial backing and support. My house but has like, ants crawling up the wall, and I what need the fuck finances. are you spending your money on? His brother, his deadbeat brother. Yeah, but it's like." Because at one point, I'm pretty sure when he gets his contract through, um, like later in the movie, it's like for like one point something million pounds for like three years. And then Regina King's character is like, that doesn't pay off our debts. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, damn, like, aren't you you working women as well? Like, I've got ants crawling up my wall, Jerry. It's like, fuck me. Like, you guys. But you've got to consider tax. Yeah. 50% tax off that. Mm. So how are they expected to live off of a measly $800,000, Adam? How? Yeah, just, I, I, I really feel for them. But then you kind of get the Im- impression again that right, okay, that Rod, Cuba uh, Gooding Jr.'s mm. um, character, is it's like not the athlete that you know he wants. He's not the high flyer. But when he starts banging out his stats... Mm. He's like, you know, he, he, he's like last year he like he he ran for a thousand one hundred and fifty yards or some shit like that, put down like a gajillion fucking touchdowns, and I was like, yeah. hang on a second, this is like fucking Hall of Fame stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he hasn't got a personality that the public. Yeah, liked. and I was just like, fucking, what are you talking about? Like, I like, mate, who, what coach in the fucking world? Like, because when in, you hear when they're trying to negotiate the contract, mm. and he's just like, hey, because uh, what is he? Is he a wide receiver or something? Yeah, like something that? like that. And he's just like, look, I want like a fucking six three, fucking two hundred pound, fucking uh, two twenty, and he's like, I don't need a five eleven, uh, you know, hundred eighty wet, uh, kind of player. But you're like, why would you care? It's like it'd be like you saying like, look, Lionel Messi's a bit short. Yeah, I, I need I need a fucking Andy Carroll. Oh, that's Shane Williams, <laughs> bit tiny. Yeah, it's it's a bit like yeah, you wouldn't you, it, at the end of the day. Yeah, you would just care that the fact that the yards you made and the fucking touchdowns you fucking score from. But what you need to realise, Adam, is that in sports, it doesn't matter how good you are at sports, it's just how nice a person you are, and that is why we all loved OJ Simpson. We've all seen Moneyball as well. We have all seen Moneyball, you can't take that away. Um, But yeah, no, like that's the message of the movie, it's like, if you're a nice guy, you win in the end, I think. Mm, I think, yeah, kind of. Like, look, Um, I guess that's... True. I, I, if you look at the Rock, he's a really nice guy. Is he? I mean, he? from what I understand, from what his Instagram tells me, yes. <laughs> um, and then it kind of combinates where Jerry thinks he's climbing back up the mountain, and he's he's got Kush as his client still, so he's got uh, he's got Rod and Kush on the books. Yeah. So he's like, right, okay, and I've got a number one draft pick, and it's between what's it like, Denver and San Francisco, something like that, yeah, something like that. But then Kush now, screws him over. 
Well, it's his dad, isn't it? Because his dad's like, hey, I don't want to sign anything. My word's as good as Oak. Yeah, I think strong as Oak or something, yeah. Now, if you were the number one sports agent and you just got fucked over by your company and mm. you're sitting down now, it's like, right, I'm I'm representing you as an independent, I would not be taking any fucking risks. Like, And I think, obviously, that's one of the sort of, you know, the... The acts of desperation. He's like, yeah, cool. I'll take your word for it. Whatever. I'm, I'm just very glad that you're with me. Mm. But you kind of think it's a professional. And even his fiance gives out about it later when they eventually break up. She's like, what fucking planet are you on? Like, we, you know, you should have got the fucking contract signed. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you fucking should have. Dot, dot, dot. Because this was going to stop exactly what's happened, which is they've gone with Bob Sugar. Now, I'm not really too sure who Bob Sugar is, like, in, in relation to everything, because all we know is that he is Jerry Maguire's mentee. Mentee, yeah. He was mentee? A, his little protege, but now he's, like... His apprentice. The hot shit um, yeah. agent in the agency world. Now, are you just trying to imagine that this guy is just an arsehole and he's climbing the very slippery corporate ladder of backstabbing people mm. and that's why he's kind of done all this? And, well, you know, I can imagine that people on top have kind of gone to Bob Sugar and it's like, hey, you need to fire Jerry. But why? Why? Like, you know, in what weird kind of like corporate setting is this? It's like, oh, sorry, Jerry, I've got to fire you. It's like, what, are you fucking a, a rep from HR? Like, mm. are you his manager? Like, it... it it's just really weird. Like it would be like if if we're both working uh, like the till at McDonald's, and I just turn around to you one day and be like, "Oh, by the way, mate, you're fired." Yeah. You'd be like, uh, "Yeah, cheers, mate." <laughs> like, also, yeah. and here's here's like a big thing. At no point before he gets fired is Jerry bad at his job. No, he's brilliant. He's like no, the that's guy. the whole thing, isn't it? He's and meant so to be the. He comes out with this manifesto that's like, "Oh, we need to change how we view the world." Yeah. If his bosses are just like. What fuck this guy? Uh, yeah. Just what you said? No. Carry on doing what you've been doing. He's then, like the Liz Trust of sports management. The Liz Trust. Liz Trust. You come out with Liz Trust. come out with a budget, and but, no one's happy. But also, but but that's the thing. Is like they know they don't see him do a bad job. They he's got grounds for suing because he said, "Oh, I just came out with an idea, but I wasn't underperforming, and therefore I can sue your asses." Like. But yeah, I think that's always the weirdest thing in American sort of employment, isn't it? That you can get fired at the drop of hat. I'm pretty sure there are things that you can't get fired for. Like speaking um, your mind? Well, I, I don't know. It's like, it depends what their contract is. Mm. If they, if it, are they employed? Are they contracted? Are they independents within a company? You know what I mean? Like, do, do they, are they, you know, are they onto themselves their own company who then are subcontracted to I am... I'm just going to keep IMF. calling it IMF. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't quite hold water, this whole like, oh, he was still the best, but because he had an idea, we're going to, you know... Yeah, but that's the thing. That's the, stab him you've got to fall in line, Craig. You can't be having fucking ideas and epiphanies at 3 a.m. in the morning. Well, not, not in my America. Yeah, not in my fucking office. Um, so um, he loses Kush, and Rod Tidwell is still a bit of an asshole. And then we have to just really amp up the like relationship part of this. Yeah. And so, because well, we we do kind of skip over him leaving the office, which is probably the the other memorable scene. Oh, his Jim Carrey moment. Yeah, when he goes to flip out. I'm gonna flip out. Yeah, he does that, and then later on he does another Jim Carrey moment, where it's just a lot of body humour. 
Yeah, and I quite I, I like this Tom Cruise. This is uh, you know he's got some chops. He, this guy can act. And but he also steals a goldfish. He does, but you don't know if he did because it could have been like I helped build this place. Maybe he bought the goldfish. Maybe he did, and like, maybe he wasn't employed by the company, in which case they don't need to fire him. But either way, Renee Zellweger mm. goes with him, which is a really bad choice to make if you're a single mother. Well, yeah, because he's like in the elevator on the way down. He's like, "Look, don't you worry. I know, I know your situation. Um, I've got you covered, medical, all that sort of shit." And you're like, mm, "Okay, maybe, maybe you're just getting on the ground floor. Maybe it's one way of doing it." Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it is a smart parenting choice to quit your job and go independent <laughs> with a guy. Who, uh... Well, I don't think she's doing too bad, mate. Because she's what? She's got a big fuck off house. That's well, her sister's big fuck off house. Is it her sister's though? Well, she's planning to leave at one point and go to Atlanta and leave the house with the sister, so uh, I would imagine yeah. so. No. But she can afford a no pair. Well, yeah, but she pays him in jazz records and fucking weed, I <laughs> Jazz cassettes. Jazz cassettes, no doubt. Jazz cassettes. Um, but yeah, she leaves, she goes with him, and then they're on the road. And again, we do need to kind of trickle along a bit, but they fall in love. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like I I feel this is a weird sync because very much like how we were giving out about Mission Impossible Two, mm. it you've you've not really ever really established what this relationship's built on, or you know it's just a kind of like oh um, you know it's she probably fancies him, she sees him as a kind of like you know in a idealistic view because at one point she's like I love him. Because uh, I, I, I love the idea of the man he wants to be mm. and, you know, or the man he w- he wants to become. And you're like, that's not good. <laughs> that's not a great, uh, you know, that's the kind of like, oh, I can fix him mentality. That's the kind of like the white knight or the, the saviour um, mentality yeah. which people have in their relationships. You're like, oh, that's really unhealthy. I think their relationship is horrible. Oh, it is, honey. And it's... Because I think at at the end of it, Joey is a comes across as desperate in the moment, and it's that desperation that sort of propels him to uh, make these really insane choices. And mm. it's like, oh hey, yeah, like right, I'm, you know, I've broken up with my missus and my fiance, and she's obviously not happy about it. Fucking punches him square in the face about it. And I never really understand why he breaks up with her though. He's just a bit like, oh, yeah. I just yeah, fuck this, I don't like like this in you know, the way that you are and he's just like but she's like being really supportive she's like oh you're you're gonna bounce back you're gonna do this you're not a loser you know what i mean and he's like yeah, who he's, ever said i was a loser like, uh, you're not a loser so implying that she does think that that's the moment i guess where he's like ah oh, i can't be doing with you but i don't like the relationship he has with renee because it's like oh yeah uh, we could break up or well, we can get married what, What's the term he uses? He's a uh, burgles the pooty or something like that. Oh, um, oh, shoplift, shoplift the, shoplift pooty, the yeah. pooty. And yeah, I, I, we could break up or we could get married. Is never a solid ground. Yeah, that's a like fuck. Uh, he he's leaving. I need to uh, sort of trap him with a kid. I don't want you, Let me, but let's I don't get preg- want anyone else to have you. Let's have a baby to save this marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Great <laughs> choices, but if you play Bruce Springsteen's Secret Garden over the top of it, it's romantic. So that's fine. It is. So uh, he goes to he goes about sleeping with his subordinate and oh, uh, <laughs> son of a bitch sexual harassment. Shoplift the, the yeah because uh, he turns up drunk, doesn't he? 
to... He turns up drunk to her house. Yes. And he's like, oh, hey, hey, kids, that should be in bed. Uh, I'm here to, you know, try it on and uh, squeeze your mum's boobs. Hmm. And then they have a little jaunty laugh. And she comes in. Now, Be- uh, he comes in quite pissed. Mm. Yet she then goes, oh, I'll get you a drink. And then gives him a fucking point. <laughs> and he's just like, hang on. Yeah, oh, strange choices don't get made in that house. Well, because she's like, here's your point. I've also called you a cab. And you're just a bit like, right, so he needs to go home, but here's a drink. Yeah. And like, that's just fucking... I'm, I'm getting all sorts of mixed messages here. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. And then they sleep together. No, they go on their date. Mm-hmm. The jazz guy's there. We don't need to talk it about him anymore. It carries on. Again, this, yeah, is, this is over a course of a matter of days. It's not the same night. Because he's, he's not like a cop block, is he? He comes out and he's like, hey, mate, look, just treat her right. And um, play these banging tunes. Yeah. Play, smash your back door in. Here's a playlist that. to get you some. Um, and <laughs> but it works. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if he's like, you know, got a, a little peephole or, you know, he's cupping his ear. Oh, he's definitely got know. a teddy bear cam. Yeah, just uh, like watching Rene Zellweger get pumped to Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane? <laughs> Not Robbie Coltrane. John Coltrane. Um, that would be something Robbie very Coltrane. different. <laughs> <laughs> John Coltrane Excellent. not Robbie Coltrane um, and then yeah. your wizard Harry after the oh dear uh, after the um, <laughs> the love making which I think her sister listens in on I think everyone listens in yeah I think that was the problem <laughs> uh, the following morning she's in the kitchen she's like I love him I love him oh dear god I love him and he overhears this and is like well time for some Apple Jacks I guess it's... Yeah, do you think he's like so? He's obviously not pitching a tent about this, is he? Do you think he's getting cold feet straight away? I don't really know. I th- it was a really odd moment where I was like, is he into the love thing? Is he not saying anything because he's being a gentleman doesn't want to embarrass her? Is he just yeah. really hungry for Apple Jacks? I don't know. Either way, he... but you see how much fucking Apple Jacks he pours the kids. Oh, bad, bad. That's mate. A bad it is literally it. heaping. It's just like fucking have some diabetes, kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. You probably already got ADHD, but here, fucking woo! Yeah, when the kids here have cocoa pops in the morning, it is a really tough few hours afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he pulls out the Applejacks, and um, yeah, then then just a melee of stuff happens. There's the like camel ad. Yeah, so you you kind of mentioned beforehand that you he was like getting pushed into doing it. He's um, Rod's like, hey, I, um, I, I'm fine to do it. I just don't want to get on a fucking camel. Mm. And then Jerry's like, no, nah, fuck this, we're out of here. And you're kind of a bit like, mm, oh, you're you're too big time for this. And it's like, well, he obviously wasn't too big time because you're here to do a car commercial on a camel. <laughs> yeah, which is strange in and of itself. But I did really like the tracking shot of their conversation. It was very good. And that happens when they uh, have to duck underneath a uh, a huge boom mic, Uh, which is which apparently no one saw. Oh, I didn't. Hey, duck, duck, duck! I didn't see the boom mic, but yeah, really enjoyed that shot of like the world happening around them and them just having a walk and talk. Love a good walk and talk. Good walk and talk, especially on a film set, which you're very familiar Mm -hmm. with. Um. So yes, they're doing. He's he's being all agenty and Rod's not being the best kind of personality yeah I, I never really un- again because we, we we kind of touched on this it's like because he's in the, he's playing well mm. and even some like the coaches or you know other agents are like oh yeah he's playing well today and this but then he gets ignored by the media 
Yeah. And you never really see that. You never really see him being cold shouldered to him. You never really see. He just he just wants to play football. Yeah, he doesn't want to celebrate yeah. for the fans. He doesn't want to dance. And then at the end, he dances, he's... and it's like. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's it's really weird because it's just like, all right, this guy had a fucking stunking game, but we like we don't want to talk to him. And it's just like, and he's kind of like slightly ostracized in the in the, in the changing rooms. Like none of his teammates apparently like him that much. And it's like. I don't know. This is finding it really weird. It's like going from a, um, if, if from our level, mm. which is very social, and you know we play with people day, uh, week in week out, and you hang out with them, and you know you kind of all get along really well. But if I'm being paid millions of dollars to fucking go play, I'm probably not as worried about me getting on with everyone if everyone's professional. No. It's like in in any kind of work setting, it's like you'll probably have some good relationships you build up with, but you're not like oh, I have to be best mates with everyone in here. You know well, what I mean? If anything, that's it. Sometimes like, that works out worse. If you think about like, let's say uh, Manchester United football team of the nineties, yeah. Roy Keane was a prick. He still is a prick, <laughs> and his attitude and personality was prick, and we love him for it because we love the fact mm. that he's a prick. But he was yeah. never like a player for the fans. He was. I'll get the. Well, job he done. kind of. He even came out and said, you know, with his relationship with Alex Ferguson, you know, some of the other players would go upstairs and have tea tea with the manager, and I wouldn't want to do that because I, I want to have a professional relationship. Yeah. You know, and you're like, right, and you're like, fair enough. I I get that. Yeah. Are you still one of the best players that has ever played for Man United? Absolutely. Of course you are. And there's that level of talent outweighs anything else every time. Yeah, exactly. And, and then Rod is and a then good you... player, so it's never sat right that he was kind of pushed aside, other than I don't know potential racism question mark. Well, yeah, because there's a weird there's a weird moment in the movie where you're not too sure if it's so when you know um, Jerry Maguire is walking through the lobby introducing uh, Rod um, Rod to everybody. And then Kush's dad says, "Oh, like, while well, you're in the lobby with that black man," and you're a bit like, "It's the way he says it." You're a little yeah, bit like, "Yeah, the deep south." Hearing a bit of a deep south, the southern twang on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All it was missing was the Dukes of Hazard flag, which yeah, I'm sure yeah, isn't called the Dukes of Hazard flag. Has anyone ever tried to cancel the Dukes of Hazard for having the flag? Mm, I don't know. Probably. Okay. Um, I'll go on Twitter, find out. But yeah, I feel like they make a joke about it in that remake. Anyway. Um, yes whilst you're walking through with the black man is not it's a problematic line Um, but then he's a problematic character so fuck him yeah fuck that guy yeah exactly but yeah so look because Jerry becomes so obsessed with his work he doesn't focus on Renee but she then gets a job offer and she needs the money because he can't afford to pay her and so instead of all that they get married yeah, so you kind of find out as well that Jerry's pretty much broke mm. and he's like kind of working for free and that sort of element of desperation I think is also, again, what propels him into marrying Renee because he doesn't want to lose her mm. but and it just goes just straight for the ex- extreme. You know, as we have said, like, let's have a baby to save his marriage. Yeah. And you kind of you kind of feel for uh, Renee Zellweger's character because... Um, what's her face? Um, Bonnie Hunt. Uh, Bonnie Hunt. Um, she came out and said something about this movie that, from Bonnie Hunt's perspective, her character, 
Um, she's meant to be the POV of the audience. Right. She's meant to sort of like be the um, the outside looking in into this relationship. And you're kind of like, mm, I don't, I think you're kind of bigging up your role more than it is. Yeah. But it's, you, you do look at it and it's kind of like, yeah, this does feel like a bit of a toxic relationship, especially when like, you know, they get married and they have the wedding video, which they're watching on the same day, which is a bit fucking that weird. That was a bit weird. Uh, I was like, I'm uh, sorry. What? No. What? Yeah, you were just in it. Fucking it's, weird. it's the wedding night. Stop watching the wedding back. Go wedding night it. But there's that point, isn't it, where it, it focuses on Jerry's face mm. and he he looks really uncomfortable. He's like, oh, fucking, what am I doing? Sort of thing. Like, and then Cuba Gooding Jr. is the only person that seems to spot it, even though everyone's watching the same fucking yeah, <laughs> TV. Absolutely. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, like... You didn't you have know, that conversation you, with her, did you? But what was the conversation to have? I guess that I'm not happy in this relationship or I'm scared or this isn't a good idea. I don't know. It's never really specified. Yeah. That's it. I, don't, I didn't really understand what the... What would have helped? And I mean, what yeah. really would have helped? What would have helped, is Craig? Is if they'd have lost maybe two or three of the plot lines and focused on just like two or three other things as opposed to the six that they have just condensing mm. it down from two hours 20 to maybe a cool hour 50 and going all of this yeah. stuff that matters like getting yeah, married I, I don't need love. to have uh, like fucking hardcore feminist meet up in the living room I, every I other happy scene. to just not bring that into it but <laughs> um but instead of going oh you know he's got married and he's not in love and he's making a face because he didn't have the conversation you know, moving on with the plot, it'd be like, okay, no, no, let's dig a little deeper. Let's let's see what that actually is. What is that? What does that mean? What is that about? What is what is? But yeah, she. I think it's only she realizes it, isn't it? When when the kid climbs into bed, mm. and it's just like, oh, he's not here for me. He's here for him. Yeah. Not in that no. way. <laughs> different movie. Um, Very different movie. But yeah, so like they, they, he then invests himself more in his work, and his marriage kind of goes to shit. But this is the time frame of this mm. is like because it happens so fast. You're like, is this days, weeks, and well, then it's all in the same could... season. But that's the thing. You kind of like because you kind of get that gist of it when because it's going into preseason with the contracts and stuff like that. And you're like, this is like over a span of months. And you're like, this just doesn't feel like it. You know, it doesn't never. I don't need to say I need to see a uh, a wide shot of the changing of the seasons or something like that. Mm. But it did. Again, it's the speed at which everything kind of falls apart. And that's what I was saying about the Mission Impossible 2 thing. It's just like, you know, you have this uh, relationship between um, Tom Cruise and uh, Fandy Newton. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel genuine. Yeah. And fair enough, in this movie, that that relationship isn't genuine. It still feels really weird that one character is like so into it. And it's just like, oh, I fucking love him, I love him. And then Tom Cruise is like, oh, fuck, I just married this woman and now I need to fucking get out of it. And he's just like, this is just, yeah, it felt a bit car crash. Uh, if Again, if you've not seen the movie, uh, the Cardinals, is that who he's playing for? Yeah, Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So he's gotten to the point where his contract's running out, so he will then become a free agent. Mm. Now, it, it, that's a very dangerous game to play because when you're not under contract and you get injured, yeah. then you're as good as out. So, you know, there's no obligation to pay you or, or keep you on the books. Now, with that, they're at a point where if they win the next two games, they go to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So this isn't the game winning, you know, like to get to the playoffs. This is like the second two, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. I don't know enough about right. American football, but what you're saying sounds correct. 
I've, you know, just going off what the, uh, what I think I remember happening in the movie. Okay. Now, they they get to the game, and he is getting, he's receiving every fucking pass. Yeah. You know I mean, so from from the quarterback, but the quarterback uh, keeps putting it too high. So essentially, giving him the old hospital yeah. pass, which you kind of get to see a little bit. You know, he's t- taking his lickings and stuff like that, but. You know, Jerry quite rightly puts it out. We, you know, we we all have those negative Nancys in our group. We always have those people that uh, like to pop holes and things like that, like disgraced journalists. Mike oh, Sheen. That piece He's, of shit. He, if you if you make a plan, he'll tell you exactly what's going wrong with it. Uh, <laughs> Mister Problem Finder, not Problem Solver. <laughs> yeah, like fucking give me a solution. Yeah. Um. So yes, but that's his that's his job, isn't it? You know, he's he's just there. Uh, reporting for this is money and, and giving out. This <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, but Jerry quite rightly points it out, yeah. and this is like, hey, look, you know, you want to make money, you want to be a fucking fan favorite. You need to give something. You need to play with your heart, mm. not your mind, mm. and all this sort of jazz. And you're just like, this is terrible advice. <laughs> it is. It is. And the thing is, as well, it, it, the whole film relies on that talent doesn't win, being nice does. When in fact yeah. talent wins, yeah, hundred percent. That's a, that's that's the whole thing. It's like I get the idea that this is a movie and this is meant to be like a, you know, as uh, old Roger puts it, hot, warm, you know, feeling shit. Like, but you're you're just like right. What do you want from him? Well, you want him to fucking get on the sideline with the cheerleaders and fucking you know, twerk and shit like that. It's like that stuff that some fans fucking hate. Mm. Some fans just like, hey, look, just shut the fuck up yeah. and play the yeah. game. You know what I mean? And you can imagine he would be a fan favorite because he'd just be like, you can imagine all the fucking uh, fantasy draft people would be like, mate, he's so underrated. I'm, I'd always have him in my fantasy team mm. if he makes those yards and and he uh, makes those uh touchdowns and shit like that you know you're just kind of thinking fuck he's a he's an un- underrated player yeah. that's it so, because, and yeah we'll relate it to rugby like joe marla is a phenomenal prop but yes if i have to watch one more like oh joe marla's doing this now isn't he so funny i'm like <sighs> Oh, how dare Joe Marler talk about his mental health? Get back on the oh, pitch. Oh, not talk about that. Uh, no, 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 no. That's what I'm hearing, Craig. I mean, no, no, no. Joe Marler going on to the Jonathan Ross show and lifting up that comedian in a line-out thing or mm. uh, a compilation video of Joe Marler's favourite moments of being Joe Marler. Stuff like that where it's like, I get it, he's funny and that works, but... So you want like more of an Owen Farrell, Mr. Personality? I want a Ty Furlong where I couldn't even tell you what he sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you what he looks Brilliant. like. Set myself up for it, but thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like talent wins in the end. And that's the reason he gets the contract. Not because he dances and jumps up into the crowd or this and the other, but because he, he holds mm. on to that ball. And oh, yeah. then he gets concussed. Yeah, so the, this is the thing. So it's, it's the big, important game. Everybody's watching. It's televised. And apparently he doesn't do well in televised games, which you kind of think is in all your fucking games. You're playing for the fucking Cardinals. Yeah. And um, when he gets when he gets knocked out, mm. fair enough, he held onto the ball. Great stuff. Yeah. But then the, uh, in air quotes, doctors come over. <laughs> oh, and it, my goodness. Yeah. Right. So he's had... Uh, yeah, he's knocked out. So he's had he's had to have had a, uh, some sort of head or neck injury for that to happen. Yeah. 
and they're just kind of like they might as well be shaking oh him. my god they're, they're like, just clapping above his head and be like wake up wake up yeah fucking snapping the fingers like that's uh, are you guys do you have a medical license yeah <laughs> um and then when he gets up, he starts moving, and it's just like he kind of like does a little sit up. You would be like, "Dude, no, stay, stay down! down. We'll Don't fucking move! Like let's let's hold your fucking head like in one place, yeah, sort of thing." No, no, like, no! Now we're gonna see you do a backflip, dance, spin, move, break dance thing, <laughs> jump yeah, up into like, the crowd, do a dance, and uh, because of that, you're gonna get your seventeen million dollar contract or whatever. Yeah, it's like, but for me, it's almost like. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the Anthony Joshua speech at the end when he, he fought Usyk. <laughs> it's a bit like this guy is seriously fucking concussed. I actually saw that. And uh, oh, no. you know, oh, it's fucking brilliant, mate. Uh, it, it's just so. It's like you're just watching someone implode, and it's just full of really cringy things mm. because he's he's trying to. He's like essentially trying to save face, right. and so he's just like, "Oh yeah, like I'm not a fucking you know a great heavyweight. I'm a fucking new breed. All this fucking shit, mm. uh, you know, like and just some great lines where he says, "Oh, you know, what's happening in the Ukraine? It's not oh, nice, dear. is it?" <laughs> and you're just like, "No, it's not. No, it's not, Josh." Um, so I'll have to watch it. You have to watch it. I'll I'll fucking link it on Instagram just yeah. to. But look, he gets uh, robbed. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Doesn't have any medical treatment. Doesn't see a doctor. But he does hug Jerry Maguire in front of another NFL player who stood next to Bob Sugar. Yeah, so that's a, an actual NFL player, I, I think, because he looks like it. Really? He, he looks like. I he... couldn't tell from his phenomenal acting. <laughs> he uh, reminds me of the guy in fucking Broken Arrow. You know, he's just got a haircut that you can set your watch to. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so he they have a hug, and then he's like, "Hey, why don't you ever hug me like that?" And Bob Sugar tries to hug him. Oh yeah, that's and great. That is actually generally quite funny. Yeah, because it was, I, I enjoyed that. But because of that, because of that moment of being on the phone to Regina King, uh, he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I do love Renee Zellweger. How silly of me!" And he catches a flight home. I this is this for me like with everything that now leads up into the end everything's wrapping up into this little package. package and it's it is heartwarming it's it is quite nice to sometimes watch a movie where everything does work out because I do like the bit where you bust into that fucking ah, uh, nah you fair. fell into my trap because I said oh, I go wasn't going to bring up the support group meeting <laughs> yeah this third way feminist bullshit boom kick the door in where's my wife That's- that's fine. Oh, okay. But what time of night does a Monday night football match end? Uh, good question. Um, just trying to think because uh, I know the theme song. So, da, 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 and then it's thank you. Um, and then it ends because I think Monday night football is. Oh, I want to say it's like seven o'clock mm-hmm. um, in the states. Starts. Uh, Eastern time. Um, it starts at seven. I think it starts at seven, so I think it ends around about like what half eight nine. Let's, let's say nine. Yeah, yeah. Like let's just say let's just use our own sort of um, instead of us trying to make up stuff. Um, you know, football match. If it's late late night, it's probably finishing around about nine. Nine half, half nine. nine. So then he's got to get to the airport, mm-hmm. wait for the plane, fly mm-hmm. in the plane, get out of the airport, <laughs> and travel home. Yeah. What the fuck is a support group still doing at his home after midnight? 
Yes, yeah, three in the morning, mate. Everyone's doing what shit at three in the morning, the going to coffee, Jonathan coffee shops. Jonathan needs to sleep, and yet here he is listening to you talk at one a.m. about how terrible it was to be married that time. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, the support group hold that whole thing. That should have been. Oh my! The 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 time of night that it was still going on, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, we. But isn't it? Wait a second. So where? Because where is she? Uh, uh, she's hidden behind the sofa at this point. <laughs> no, uh, statewide. Um, I don't fully know New York. I guess. Is it like because like so? Because right, so wherever where are they having their game? Because if they're in Arizona, mm. and you know, is he is he flying back or forward? Like so, this is this could be it. So he might be gaining an hour, Craig. We okay, don't know. so it's eleven o'clock. Crossing at night. time zone. <laughs> Maybe is that is that that weird? That's, That's quite know, late. A, for, a bunch uh, of bitter old divorced women are hanging around at eleven. And it is when Jonathan Lipnicki's trying to sleep in the next room. <laughs> but it, we've established that he doesn't go to bed when he's told. And Renee Zellweger, not the actress, but yeah. the character, is a terrible mum. <sighs> She's fine. <laughs> Uh, hang on, where does Dorothy live, Jerry Maguire? Manhattan Beach. Okay, all right, so, so Man- Manhattan. Man- Manhattan, okay. So, I don't I don't know enough about geography or time zones <laughs> to tell you whether she gains an hour or loses she an hour. Fly, either way. <laughs> either, oh, no, Manhattan Beach is, uh, oh, confusingly, in L.A. So I did go see Brian Cox last night at Wembley okay. and he was talking about how you can travel back in time through going through uh, the event horizon into a singularity. Sure. So maybe that's what happened. Uh, okay, and at this point, does he see Sam Neill <laughs> or... There is no time difference between LA and Arizona. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm, I'm cracking the case here. They should never have been in that house. Alright, let's just say that there has been a a, a breach in the time in space time continuum. And, space. Yeah. and Jerry O'Connell yeah. from Sliders. Yes, there it is. There we Ties go. Together. Right, has been like, Hey, uh, Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire, take this little T V remote that's gonna teleport you somewhere. There we go. That's the that's the deleted scene. Yeah, I like it. Okay, I'm in on that. Um either that or Rick and or Morty stared at a squirrel for too long. Whilst Maybe Tom Cruise well. was in the air, that could also it's all doable. But he gets back and he says, "You complete me," which is what the deaf couple said in the elevator earlier in the film, because Rene Zellweger yeah. speaks sign language. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, and, maybe. Uh, he and says, then hello, and she says, "You had me at hello," and then that's the movie. Yeah, oh, well, I like it. It's it's, it's very kind of like. Uh, I I get that with the the idea that he's had a triumphant moment and then he's like, I don't actually have anyone to share yeah. this triumphant moment with. But isn't that a problem? Isn't that like you're not you're not secure with yourself that you need to have someone there to support you? And I, again, I don't feel like he's learned anything. You know what I mean? It's just like I want to share this moment with you. Why? Like you know what I mean? Why can't you? be happy with who you yeah, are and you, yourself you complete me isn't actually a great thing from like a <laughs> inter, interpersonal like psychoanalytical viewpoint yeah uh, because that's the that's the whole thing about you know setting up in the beginning of the movie that jerry can't be alone <laughs> 
So it's a bit like, yeah, I'm not too sure he's really developed himself as a person. Yeah. Um, maybe his intentions are different, but still. But then we get the Rod Tidwell gets the $70 million contract as told to him by the talk show host and he cries on TV. Which is weird. Like, because you're like, oh, hey, just in. Uh, I know stuff about your personal fucking shit. Like, you've just been offered this contract from the Arizona Cardinals for what was like eight so million? It was, it was like a that. number. Um, and I guess Jerry told him that so that he could make him cry on TV. Yeah, maybe. Which was a fun maybe. little ah, Raz, gotcha. Um, but then Jonathan Lipnicki throws a baseball real far. Does and that's exactly what I think I would be like if I was a dad. Because I would be like, if I seriously get a sniff of any athletic prowess, I'd be like, right, straight into the gym. Brilliant. Get <laughs> get this toddler some free weights. Get that helicopter on because I am hovering over you until you make me a millionaire. I'm live my failed <laughs> sports career through you, son. Yeah. Hollywood kid. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> uh, but I gotta tell you, I didn't hate it. Watching it this time, I was like, all right, it's a bit long-winded, it's a bit bloaty, nothing, yeah. they never really scratched the surface. And in my head, I always am going to have to compare it to Almost Famous, where, and there yeah. are moments in that film, in, in Almost Famous, where nothing really happens, but you're seeing the kind of understanding mm. of the character's psyche, and nothing's greater than that than when they all start singing Tiny Dancer together. There's a real nice moment where, where it's just them singing out and John, and you're like, okay, yeah. I now understand all of you because of this, cut of how you got into the singing of this song. Awesome. Whereas this is very I, surfacey. Yeah. I, I think the ending, what should have happened, is that... <laughs> Apart yeah. from that... Uh, yeah, fucking Doc Brown fucking flies in his fucking car. It's like, shit, that affects the future. The, um, the plane it's gonna gets be hijacked. A, or the plane gets hijacked. Yes. And Harrison Ford's there. <laughs> you had me um, at hello. <laughs> and I think what should... The, the, better, the, the better ending, if I was to write one, because um, obviously I'm a fantastic writer... Of course, and well, one of us has to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Renee Zellweger's character has also learnt a lesson, which is like, I can't, you know, rely on a fucking man to save me, and I'm not going to be able to fix this guy mm. until he fixes himself. Mm. And then Jerry realizes that when she, when he goes back, and it's like, uh, I want my wife, and she's like, No. You know, you can't have everything you you want. You know, you you need to go away and and become a better person. Mm. And he's he's a brilliant uh, sports agent. You know what I mean? So the whole Cooper Gooding Junior ending, that's fine. That's great. He gets his contract. He because that guy put in the fucking hard work. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Tom Cruise has like, Jerry Maguire has not put the hard work in in the relationship. You know what I mean? So he does not deserve it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I th- so you want to make a French movie? With I a really would depressing like it. Ending. It's not depressing though, because the because at the end of the day, the the message in the story is that those who actually work hard get what they want. No, the message of the story is if you're nice, you get whatever you want. It doesn't matter if you work hard. <laughs> that's or not. it. That's it. It's just like oh, you were talking about your too... story. Sorry, got it. I, I, no, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's just like it's just too good an ending it's just like and don't get me wrong I I actually really like the ending I, like I was a little too. bit of a, yeah, I thought it was a bit of a tearjerker I was like oh yeah 
he, he made all his money so he can get the ants off the walls. <laughs> and then, but it was it was touching because you do hear that from athletes who come from very adverse backgrounds, and you know they they have the talent and they've managed to get through life without succumbing to all the issues and problems that surround them. Normally, from you know family and extended members of that, you know um, you hear it all the time. If you ever watch something like Lance chance you or some shit like that where you know these kids come from really deprived areas and they they flourish enough because they've stuck to a, a, a sport and they've they've managed to get through and break out of you know break out of their circumstances you kind of like great yeah everyone loves a winner everyone loves to hear that sort of you know that you face conflict and adversity and you've come out the other side as a better person and now you're being rewarded deeply for it. Yeah, I mean, how can we avoid uh, such sporting icons as uh, yeah OJ Simpson, <laughs> Mason Greenwood, Ravel Morrison? Like all of these guys work real hard, and yeah, we should just follow them to the jaws of hell. No, no, no but that's it. But what I'm saying there is, is that you know they're uh, they're almost Harding. like. <laughs> um. No, because you're they're the almost like the exception that proves the rule sort of mm. thing. You can be a fucking amazing athlete, but these people committed crimes and they got harsh and and rightly punished for him. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Marlon Yard. Paddy Jackson. <laughs> well, that's 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 an alleged. I think he got quitted. I don't didn't know. He? Haven't kept up. And with now it. he's su- now he's suing Daily Mail. So uh, good, good luck, luck Sheen. Sheen. All I know is I've got a lot of editing to do around things I've said so far. <laughs> just yeah, just lots beep, of beeps. Beep, 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 beep. Um, beep, beep, but no, beep, beep, no, I had a good time watching this. I don't think it's the best rom com ever. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think that's, it's that's as it. iconic as people have made it out to be. I think I I would probably watch it again. Maybe if someone I. No, I probably yeah. Wouldn't. I've seen I, it now. Again, I've seen it. if if someone was to say, "Give me a Tom Cruise movie," I would not recommend Jerry Maguire. I think it's a. I, I think he's fine in it. I think he's great. I think he actually does expand on his acting chops a little bit, and I think there's some iconic scenes in it. But even that, where you kind of like, because um, I think the in the sort of like the IMDb things, like uh, you had me at hello and show me the money in like the top fifty lines ever mm. said in a movie or some shit like that. And you're like, yeah, show me the money. It's funny. Yeah, it's a fu- it's it's a very funny scene. Uh, you had me at hello. I don't get why that's actually that iconic. Because all he had to do was come home to her and say hello, and she was in his arms again. He didn't need to learn anything. He didn't need to show that. He'd grown. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Fuck that. Fuck that ending. Yeah. Fuck that. Like that that plot. But yes, this has been our episode on Jerry Maguire. We are Adam Craig. This is the Adam Craig's Go to Pleasure Cinema Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all other major streaming apps and social media. I do believe that you spoke for 10 minutes without making a mistake. I'll, I'll go back and check the tapes. But that means that Paul Howie Roberts... That's the power of editing, baby. Yeah. That means Paul Howie Roberts does owe us a Patreon subscription, which will be our second, along with Benjamin Tay-Tay Taylor. If you would too like a shout-out the, in the episode, then please subscribe to Patreon. Absolutely, please do. And if not, please give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a share, tell a friend, tell an enemy, and hey, show us the subscriptions. Until then, that is the end of the You Snooze, You Cruise five episodes. We are back next week with our seasonal break where we'll talk about some such nonsense don't know what that's going to be yet i've got a few ideas but until then uh have a good week have a good week sir see you later
Bye. We need a better sign-off. <laughs>